Welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show with your hosts, Jeremy Barker, Aaron Arms, and Chad Niddle. Hey everybody, it's another episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show with me, Bark, at Arms to my left. Good morning. And uh, Knit to my right. Hey, glad to be here, man. Glad to be here. What, what went on on your fantasy football weekend? Have any luck there, Barker? I uh, I did not have any luck at all. I got beat by the what we consider to be the evil empire uh, of our league. Also the commish. Yep, yep, the commish guy. Uh Got beat by him because I didn't start Ebron. I uh, started Kittle, who still put up an okay fantasy day, but no Ebron for me. And Darius Leonard out. It was just a perfect storm. And Patty Mahomes not really doing what Patty Mahomes normally does. Perfect storm of crap for me. It just didn't happen this week. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you expect Patty Mahomes to continue to uh, put up an average of, what, five touchdowns a game? No, but I do not expect him to throw two picks and no touchdowns. <laughs> I Fair. Did. I did. Not not what I want. Not, not that bad, but yeah. A rough defense to go against. Real rough defense to go against. Jaguars are uh, still as solid as we anticipated them being. Even though Kansas City blows them out. I mean, yeah. I mean, absolute blow. I, I don't understand. I kept looking like was is this misprinted? Is like, you know, why? on the box score I'm like, all right. So somebody's got what? Three rushing touchdowns? No. All right. Somebody's got to have like did was there like an end around pass? What's going on here? No, no, just, they just somehow scored more, and <laughs> and, and that was it. it was that that's usually how you win the game. Typically, yes, but not. I mean, usually blowouts you get stats somewhere, anywhere, anywhere. But, yeah, anywhere. <laughs> but it's like, like literally no one had like Kelsey had a hundred yards receiving, and I think Hunt did did okay. So yeah, Hunt's looked a lot better the last two games than he did the first handful. Which talking point is that a transition from like Andy Reid trying to get him reinvolved, or just game flow teams they're playing dictate that? Yeah, and luckily they have Cream Hunt to fall back on and a pretty solid defense. And the yardage was still there. I mean, Patty Mahomes still moved him up and down the field. It just wasn't throwing touchdowns. It was moving him up and down the field. And, you know, Kareem Hunt gets a score. Patty Mahomes rushed into, you know, got into the end zone on his legs. So, I mean, Patty Mahomes is still doing what Patty Mahomes needs to do. It's just for fantasy, we were a little bit disappointed. Amen. Amen, brothers. C.J. Beathard was a top five quarterback this week. Well, I'm totally buying into that. You are? No, but actually, he's had all right weeks back-to-back. Nothing amazing last week, but this week did quite well. Um, Kyle Shanahan, a a brilliant man. I mean, what's not to think that he can't do a different version of this from now, from the rest of the year? Unfortunately, that brilliance lost him a game, but... They're they're struggling right now. I don't care what Sam Fran does. I I need him for fantasy purposes. But they're struggling. That team's struggling... All around now, CJ Beathard's in a good spot with, like you said, Kyle Shanahan around him, and they have pieces. I mean, I mean, they have the wide receiving core. They have George Kittle. They have uh, when Matt, when Matt Breed is healthy, a decent running back. So he's surrounded. He he's surrounded with at least some talent to get it done. Three hundred fifty passing yards, two touchdowns, and a rushing TD. Doubt that's going to happen next week, right? 
regardless of who he plays. But I mean, I mean, the guy can. He's shown that he's capable of of handling this Kyle Shanahan offense. Yeah, that's very true. And and he's got George Kittle. He's got his college tight end to throw to. That always uh, helps matters out a little bit. And honestly, Comfort. outside of that, who what weapons does he have? I mean, well, it appears that he's a fan of uh, of Trent Taylor. Yeah, which you know kind of shocked me throughout the beginning of the year that uh, Taylor was so underutilized. But this game, he uh, he corrals seven out of eight targets, uh, sixty-one yards and a touchdown, which is nice to see. It's like a very small George Kittle is what Trent Taylor is to, <laughs> to CJ Beth. He's like half a George Kittle. Yeah, he's like uh, Kiki Kuti light. I don't know, but is he that light? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, either way, it's it's one of those guys that Beathard's like, who can I hit short? I mean, honestly, it, it, <laughs> you've been just, playing on the second team with him all, you know, in practice. Even though Taylor does start, you know, he's still playing on the second team with him, and yeah, built some uh, rapport with him, and it, it's worked. Fifty-four attempts, though. I mean, I, I personally, I didn't get to watch this game, but when you have to throw the ball fifty-four times, you should have some stats. <laughs> uh, it, it, this one, nobody watched. Let's be honest. Unless you're a Cardinals or a 49ers fan, you didn't watch this game. Uh, I know I know the Cardinals were up for most of it, but C.J. Beathard having to throw the ball 54 times, not a whole lot going on the ground. Matt Breida got eight carries, 56 yards. So a lot of it was just volume, volume yardage, volume touchdowns, really, for C.J. Beathard. Don't expect it going forward. I mean, but as a team, they put up 147 rushing yards. You if. If I would have told you one of the teams that, that, excuse me, one of the teams in this game was going to do that, you'd have figured they'd won. Oh, the stats! The stats yeah. said the 49ers blew them out. But whenever you throw two interceptions, lose lose three fumbles, uh, well, you're going to lose football games when you turn the ball over five times. That's what happened Correct. to the 49ers on Sunday. And when you got a guy like Buda Baker putting up 15 total tackles and a sack. Uh, it, it means the 49ers were having problems moving the ball, not to mention Amanda's brother, Josh Bynes. Also, 11 tackles and a sack and a fumble recovery. Even Hassan Reddick got in on this one with eight tackles and a sack. I mean, this they were getting to the quarterback all game long. So, C.J. Beathard, when you drop back 50 sometimes, you could probably expect to get sacked a handful of times, maybe even three to five like he did. Yeah. But uh, moving down the line, Tom Brady, what what was all the excitement about Tom? Like, to me, Tom Brady just did Tom Brady things last Thursday. Like, 341 yards, three pass TDs. Well, there's always the anticipation that it's like, well, Father Time's caught up with Tom Brady. Father Time, you know, listen, they've got a deal. Tom Brady's worked out a deal with the devil, and he's not going to get older until he's ready to get older. He's going to age quickly once it happens. Yes. But, but I didn't understand it. Like, everyone's like, Tom Brady's back, man. It's like, dude, he never he never really left. No, he never was a slow either. start to the season, but he didn't have a wide receiving core at all. His numbers were nearly identical from last week. You know, tack on 60-some yards worth of passing, but it's been three touchdowns, two interceptions, two games in a row. The interceptions are, are weird. Sorry, microphone. The interceptions are odd because Tom Brady typically hasn't doesn't throw six through the first five weeks of the season. So right. that's a little bit off, but I do want to reverse real quick. If you did listen to us, me and Arms uh, were very high on announcing our hits from, from the weeks. Christian Kirk helped you out if you did listen and insert him in as a flex. So from that Arizona-San Francisco game. But back to Brady, yeah, I mean, he's – 
He's he's not going anywhere. He's still going to be one of the better quarterbacks in the league. But should we account for at least a pick or two per game out of Brady now? I don't think that's necessary. I mean, Tom Brady's you know still one of the best to ever do it. Give me some consistency of what I don't know. We consider quote unquote poor play, which I still don't think it's poor play. It's just it, it happens. It's not a leap it, play. Yeah, I mean, you throw you sometimes you hit a receiver in the hands and it get, shoots up in the air and it's an interception. It counts against quarterback. It happens, but we got to remember he has thrown less than 10 interceptions four years in a row and it doesn't look like that's the case this year and that's not me saying Brady's done nothing like that some of the best quarterbacks in the game throw interceptions you know double digit yeah, I mean, 10 12 14 Eli Manning usually throws 20 plus a year I said best quarterbacks yeah. in the. I said some of the best quarterbacks two, in the he's game he's got two rings He's the worst quarterback in the NFL right now. He is the no, worst. No, he's not. He, who's, yeah. who's worse? Dak Prescott. Nope. No. Uh, nope. Eli, Eli Manning's a worse quarterback. I'd rather start Dak. If you put Dak on the Giants, and listen, I'm not reversing on this whole Dak thing. I still think Dak sucks. I still think Dak sucks. Only, I think Eli sucks more. I think you put Dak on the Giants. Don't get me wrong. No, I'll do excited. Eli is bad, but... He's real no, bad. No, Dak is atrocious. Eli is He's atrocious. not, though. Dak, oh, Dak's Christ. not atrocious. He's a decent quarterback with absolutely no weapons. I mean, name their tight end. They don't how, have how, one. How does Ezekiel end up like 150 rushing yards a game? Is is their line Dude, that bad? Because Calm down on Dak Prescott. Hey, let's just get through the top ten is, without is it, talking about the 24th overall quarterback. Is it Dak hate or is it Eli love? I don't know. I I can't. I'm having it's trouble. Not, like it's not even Eli Love. Like Eli's like the third best quarterback on the Giants behind <laughs> Odell. Odell. All I'm saying is he's not the worst. How pretty pass? It was a pretty pass. He's not. He's not the worst quarterback on in the league. Give me a break. Once again, that's Dak Prescott. I'm gonna say worst quarterback in the league is Eli. I've, I've got a. <laughs> I've got a, now. Now Dak's close to me. He's not far off, but I mean, you can take it like Ryan Hanfield, Ryan Tannehill tried to complete Ugh. a pass to the back of his offensive lineman that went for a pick six. So that dude folds under pressure. I just don't know how much more I can watch of Tannehill, how much more I can watch of Adam Gase giving Frank Gore carries here. This is what we were talking about pre-show. And this is, this is probably going to apply to some more games on down the line, but you have an aging running back, right? Whose name is not Adrian Peterson. He's not going to break one for you. Not like, even going to come close. And and Nit made a good point. In today's NFL, if you don't have a running back in that backfield that can take it the distance, you don't have a 2018 NFL running back. No. Because that's what – you need an Isaiah Crowell. That's exactly what I was going to say. So what <laughs> yes, you're, what you're saying is everybody in the league needs Isaiah Crowell. Well, what I say – basically. What I was saying, and more than that, modern NFL. What I was saying was, it's you have to have playmaking ability. Not necessarily at running back. You can have a Frank Gore on your squad as your starting running back if you can throw the ball downfield and have wide receivers that can get it done and take it to the house. I agree. And then you can pound out four to five yards per run and put yourself in good second and short, third and short situation. But when you have Ryan Tannehill and Frank Gore, I mean, dude. That, Nothing is scary. It's not happening. 
that you can't – yeah, no, exactly, nothing scary. Like, you can start thinking about the next offense as a defensive coordinator. Like, in your week prep for the Dolphins, you're like, who do we play next? The bye week? All right, right where am I going partying that weekend? Because I don't care about the Miami Dolphins offense. Yeah, yeah, when Cincinnati was coming to the stadium – they were probably thinking like now this defense is somewhat formidable so who are right. we going to who are we going to make the focal point of our offense but defense if you guys just want to skip the warm-ups for this one and <laughs> go back and play a game of Madden uh, it's just Tannehill and Gore guys so go ahead and play some Madden uh, if you want to play the Dolphins and say that's how you prep to then go ahead that's fine yeah. uh, but don't put in Osweiler they be you know it might be a little more dangerous with Osweiler so <laughs> So, yeah, this is uh, as a Dolphins fan. What are we? What are uh, we going to do against the Miami Dolphins uh, offense in Tannehill? Uh, we're going to run man to man on the outside, two safeties, and blitz four. Like that. There you that's go. it. And and they're beat. They can't do anything. It, it, brutal. There you go. Atlanta and Pittsburgh wasn't the shootout that we were looking for. No. I mean, it was if you're a Steelers fan. It, it looked like it early, but then Atlanta just kind of fell apart. I mean, they just fell apart. The defense for the Steelers actually looked good for a minute. But then again, it was that offense getting up by the three scores. What was it, 17 points, something like that, halfway through the third. And it was kind of desperation mode for Matt Ryan. And then he started getting sacked and pressured, not completing balls. Julio didn't catch a ball until – the late third, I believe. And, I mean, honestly. They, Austin they, Hooper did that. Austin they, Hooper was a monster. Woo! I, I, he, he was okay. So he's, <laughs> He was hooping it up. So he's going to not play for the next two games. His his hands hurt. He's got way too many balls this game. I don't know, man. Austin Hooper. Oh, give uh, me a break. Just don't even start. Okay, I'm I'll just, just kidding. I'll, I'm just, say, I'm I'll just tear kidding. that. I'll tear that down. Can we talk about the return real quick of James Conner with 185 and two total yards? Against the worst defense in the NFL. That's what I was going to oh, say. Oh, yeah, yeah, this, yeah. This, I, this is I, I agree. I'm not saying that this was a James Conner talent game. I'm saying in the right matchups, he is very startable in fantasy. Extremely startable in the right matchups because you have to worry about Ben, oh. Juju, and Antonio. So, I, I, to stick with Conner, I've been hearing some, uh, some rumblings. The rumor is um, Lev's coming back after week seven. Right. Okay. Has this become somewhat to where you still have to give James Conner some run? No. no so, so you I, I don't you believe. genuinely think after what he's done for the first five games that they can just put him on the bench call today? It's Lev. Listen, I'm not trying to go I'm, complete 180 on the the arguments we've had on Lev, but if to, to me Lev one has to apologize to his teammates, and his teammates should apologize to him. I'm not Absolutely. saying it's a one-way street. Yeah. They all need to apologize to each other if he's going to come back and play for Pittsburgh. But, no, I don't think you have to give. I think Connor will be the guy to spell Lev. Like, you winded Lev. We can put James in there for a couple plays. Yeah. But, no, no. I, I, I mean, I like the way James Connor has played against bad defenses, but Lev Bell can play that way against good defenses. Against so all defense. I'm not. Uh, I don't expect James Conner to have much of a role when when Lev comes back. Granted, they don't need. Both sides they apologize. don't need James Conner. No. I mean, when Lev's back, you don't need James Conner except for those five to six touches a game to give him a breather, and that that's basically it. Yeah, you basically say James, that was a great audition for next year. Be ready because Lev's probably that. not going to be here. Yeah, I get that. 
I was just curious because I know he's done well to this point in the season, and I, I, mean, I wouldn't say I'm, well I'm with though. Nick. Against bad defenses, he's yeah. done well. I, he weeks two through four, he hasn't broke a hundred yards combined. Combined, he has like ninety something yards in over three game span. So, I, is he a good? Is he a, is he a good backup running back? Yeah, but I, if if I'm the Steelers, I'm not banking on him in the future. No, and I think he can be a good starter. Like I think another year, and if James Conner's the guy in 2019 and Lev walks, I'm gonna draft James Conner. I'm not drafting him in the first two rounds, but like if he's still there in round three or four and he's the starter, I'm I'm gonna take him. Because I think he can get it done, but if Lev's on your team, there's really no reason to give him much run. I've, I've played James Conner in the flex all season long with having Gurley and Fournette. Fournette's been down. He's actually been my starter, and I've picked up a third running back for a flex spot in, in one league. So, yeah, I mean, I do I believe James Conner's a fantasy asset right now? Yeah, but Lev comes back, he's rendered useless he'll be my first cut it's going to it's going to be an interesting you know actually i'll trade him to the lev owner just in case that's that's exactly what i would do but it's going to be interesting for whoever the levion bell owner is whenever lev first comes onto the field i mean is it you know all right he's back it's week seven he's ready to go and they give Lev ten carries to get him acclimated to game speed. I, I am curious about that. I, I mean, it, it could it is a it could go either way. I mean, by by all vid, I haven't seen anything of him working out. I've seen a lot of him partying in Miami. You know, so what what kind of shape is he in? I'm sure it's like I'm Savion Bell. I'm sure he's in well, good shape. Yeah, I was gonna say he's not a 34 year old fantasy football analyst like us. I mean, I'm sure he's keeping his body in somewhat shape. Yeah, he's 25 years old. He's <laughs> He can eat all the double cheeseburgers he wants. He's probably not going to put on that much weight. Yeah, double know? cheeseburgers help you cut whenever you're that age. I mean, it's it fuels fair. it fuels your workout. Yeah, that's just kind of the way it goes. But since since you transitioned there, Nit on Fournette, uh, is it time to? I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to pivot like that's that. Okay. I, I'm trying to stay with the quarterbacks, but we keep we we can definitely go back pivot. in just a second. I just want to slip in the buys. I'm going to give my red alert buy of the week here. I think it is time to buy cheaply, if you can, T.J. Yeldon. And I I think it's a no-brainer. Corey Grant went down with a season-ending Liz Frank injury. I believe that's how it's pronounced. Am I right on that? Where's the Liz Frank? It's it's in the footies, I think. I think it's in the footies. But Leonard Fournette, listen, from from the get-go, from the pre-draft process – where my insider information mm-hmm. told me his ankle was never going to be 100% the same, which is going to cause hamstring problems, which is looking like the truth. TJ Yeldon's in a prime position to be very fantasy relevant all year. I'm not saying grab him and start him every game, but start him when Fournette's not. I wish I would have done the same thing. Being the Fournette owner, I wish I would have picked up TJ Yeldon. I. But when it crossed my mind, hamstring, eh, not a big deal, protecting him for a couple of games. I'm going to pass on Yeldon. Ari was kind of rostered out at the time. Uh, didn't have a spot for him. Man, kicking myself on that one. Really wish I had some TJ Young because, like you said, pre-show, he is an absolute fantasy asset when Leonard Fournette's down, when he's given the opportunity to run the ball. TJ Yeldon just proves that he should be. He's very James Conner-like. I mean, he's going to put up the numbers that uh, that Fournette's missing. Indeed. I mean, you, Yeldon was a, a very capable back in college, never really got all the run in, in the NFL at any point. And to this point now, he really hasn't got all the carries ever. 
But, you know, he looks fine whenever he does get the carries. And, you know, to me, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm, you know, thinking of someone else. But it seems like he's slimmed down a little bit over the past couple of years. Uh, maybe got a, a step quicker because he always seemed a little bit more lumbering to me. Like a kind of like a well, he, small he, Derrick Henry or a small Bo Scarborough type player, but Bo. he he's always had top end speed. He's always been more of an athlete than those two. I like at he, Alabama, never, he was their punt or he was their kick returner. So he he was. Once again, I could have him confused with somebody else because you know no, this I, is four I, or five I, years ago. I, I, yeah, I actually think you're right because like Nitt's right that he has top end speed. He does, but you're kind of right in watching the game tape because Jacksonville hasn't opened up holes for T.J. Yeldon in the past. They just now are becoming an offense that can actually run and pass the ball. Whenever T.J. Yeldon got his chance, he couldn't get to the second level because the line wasn't good and the Jacksonville offense wasn't good. Now that we're seeing him get to the second level behind a better line and a better offense, we're seeing him be able to accelerate to that speed. Yeah. Now when you say that the Jaguars can run and pass the ball, you do mean – like, like, Bortles is good at passing the ball. Just Shoot. unfortunately, like this past week, four of them went to the other team. Right. right. Like, transition back to quarterback. Yeah, Bortles sucked a little see, bit. See, trying to keep you pivoting in, yeah, pivoting yep, in. Yep. Fantasy asset, yes. Did he lose the game single-handedly for the Jaguars? Yes, yes he also did. Yes, he did. I, that's the thing about the NFL. Like, there's no, uh, you know, you always get the, there's no I in team. You know, we all we win together, we lose together. Blake Bortles single handedly lost that game. You yeah. don't throw. They weren't bobble picks. They weren't hitting hitting receivers in the, in the chest and them dropping. They nothing like he just threw four picks. That was some uh, bordering, as Arms has called it in the past. That was yeah. some straight up bordering. Sixty one attempts. You're probably going to throw a pick, but the reason you threw it sixty one times is because you threw so many early, turned the ball over early. Ugly game for Blake Bortles. Ugly. And it, Really not an ugly game for the rest of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You hold uh, an elite offense like the Kansas City Chiefs to 30 points. I, I know I said hold them to 30 points, but that's actually an accomplishment when you throw four interceptions. I mean, when you give them four extra possessions and I mean, hold the best offense in football to 30 points, that's 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 a really good outing by your defense, to be quite honest. Yeah, I mean – you ever once again everyone figures Mahomes is going to continue to go off and you know Tyreek Hill end up with two touchdowns and none of that happened this week I mean it's 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 pretty impressive with what Jacksonville's defense did or was able to accomplish even with uh continuously having a short field against them continuously you know all right we just got the ball back and now they've got the ball back and we're back on the field yeah Tyreek Hill is actually fairly impressive against in the matchup with uh Jalen Ramsey on the outside. I mean, Jalen Ramsey comes in this thing just talking all kinds of smack, which he, he has every right to. He, he does, and he right. does. He does have a good trash talking game. <laughs> like they are asking about his matchup with Tyreek Hill. He's like, I didn't know I had to cover the punt returner or something. <laughs> <laughs> like their special teams, whatever he said. But I mean, the guy has mad game, but uh, mad trash talking game and mad game. But so does Tyreek Hill. That was an interesting to watch. Tyreek goes four for 60, has a big play in there. I think this would you, – you can't really call a winner on that, I, especially because, like you just said, they were on a short field. The numbers kind of dictate Jalen Ramsey won this matchup. Yeah. But then again, Ty, Tyreek wasn't necessarily needed. So I mean, you also see Jalen Ramsey shut down, you know – A.J. Green. Yeah, A.J. Green. He'll level, shut down any type Jones, of – Jones, type of players. I mean – He's he's basically telling everyone that they suck, and then going out and proving it. 
You know, right. over and over again, you're like, all right, whatever you say, Jalen. I really, right. <laughs> I really wanted to see AJ or uh, uh, Jalen match up against Sammy Watkins and <laughs> just see what happens there. I, I'm going to go zero catches. Oh, I would, I guarantee it been zero catches. <laughs> let's uh, let's run down some of the quarterbacks that did get it done for you. Aaron Rodgers was the number one quarterback this week in a it, loss. In a loss, it appears to be fully healthy now. Yeah, yeah, he's he's looking more Aaron Rodgers like, making guys like Marquez Valdez Scantling, you're welcome, look look really solid. And Equinemia St. Brown catches three for eighty five in that game. I'm not you know, not not a not a massive deal, but it just shows that Aaron Rodgers can literally take any receiver yes. and make them put up at least yards. You, everyone knows we're an e, we're ESB fans, or at least I am. But don't buy too much into this. Oh no, let's no, not no, get no, carried no. away. No, this was Scant- another Scantling. Different story. If every time Cobb misses a game, Valdez yeah. Scantling is capable. You're going to get the uptick there. But again, this was game flow too. Whenever you go back to it, like the Packers did. I don't think the Packers scored before halftime. I'm I'm almost positive Actually, they had. You're right. It was uh, or maybe 20, a late drive. It was 24-0 at half. Yeah, I mean the, this was totally game flow. They came out the second half and just threw the ball. They had to throw the ball all across the yard using all hands on deck. So to me, the the Packers are a good team. They're not going to get down by 24 early uh, like this very often. This was just more of a uh, once in a once in a season type of thing. Um, so I don't know. Again, Randall Cobb goes down. Marquez Valdez scandal well, is relevant. Jerome Allison was also out too, so right, that which helped ESB become yeah. a little relevant. And yeah, I was, I was expecting more out of Ty Montgomery in this game, but it, it didn't really happen. Him and Aaron Jones, it didn't either. It didn't fantasize. It didn't come to fruition. Yeah, yeah, but it, it was Fan, it was it fantasize. bad. It didn't fantasize. But we'll flip it over to Matthew Stafford. I mean, you expect them. I, I was expecting this shootout with Aaron Rodgers and. It was like, eh, yeah, we're way up, so we don't yeah. need we don't need Matthew Stafford. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and I can't wait to talk about a certain guy on the Lions here in a minute. But we'll run through the rest of these quarterbacks. We already talked about Beathard having a good game. Andrew Luck is having a good season. Yeah, like and it's it's not like record breaking. It's not on pace to be his best. But Andrew Luck is having a good season coming back from not playing football in well over a year. And I and I'm 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 quite impressed by how much better he makes Indianapolis. Not that they're winning a bunch of games, but they're competitive. I mean, it's not he's not I, Peyton Manning, but it's almost that Peyton Manning effect. You remove him and the team wins a game or two. You add him back yeah. in, and it, even if they don't win 13 games, they're going to be in 13 games. Yeah. Right. I, well, I, I'm going to be a little harsh here. You say competitive. I, I say they're more exciting than last year. I don't think they're competitive. They're, they're still a bottom five team. This is a terrible terrible Indianapolis Colts team. I mean they have no running game. Their defense outside of uh outside of Darius Leonard is no pass rush, no set no no secondary. I mean it's they're they're not competitive to me whatsoever and they need Andrew Luck to throw the ball 59 times. Okay, so so the Colts win 19-17 in oh sorry. <laughs> I'm looking at preseason. They lose to the Bengals 34 to 23. To me that's competitive. They beat the Redskins twenty-one to nine. They lose by four to the Eagles. By competitive three to the by Texans. three to the Texans. Uh, Patriots a little different story. They did lose by two touchdowns, but I, I, this I, I'm not going to go on good. and on about the Colts or anything. But I mean, yeah. but they they do they do play teams well. I mean, they they're not 
They haven't played anybody up to this point. I know you said the Eagles, but it was a, a wounded Eagles team that they just definitely lost to. They lost their they were the the uh, Texans' only win coming into this week. I mean, they're the Colts just aren't good. I, I see them as Andrew, competitive. Andrew Luck helps keep them in games. Is the point that that's where where I'm going with this. Hmm. I mean, is, are they winning all the games? No, but no. remember, they only the only thing they have now on defense is two safeties and a linebacker. I mean, that's it. Right. Now, moving on, Case Keenum. Uh, Case Keenum kept things relevant and threw his first touchdown pass since week one. Case Keenum's just not very good, guys. And, and who did this – who did it go to? Oh, what, the, the Cortland Keenum, Cortland Sutton. Sutton. Our, our, our homeboy, Cortland. Yeah, I, I expected a little bit more out of Cortland for this game. I think two catches, I believe 18 yards and a touchdown. I mean, if the kid's getting it done, just target him. My yeah. God, target him. But uh, Demarius did come away with a decent game this week instead. Rounding out the top ten, you had your usual suspects. Big Ben, Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz getting a little better every game coming off the knee. Philip Rivers, and uh, despite the interceptions, no, I'm not even going to say Blake Bortles because in our league format, Shoot. yes. In your league format, I guarantee Bortles was not a top 10 quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> we just have a lot of points for passing yardage and completions and all kinds of crazy stuff. But, yeah, Sam Darnold looked good as well. I'll, I'll, I'll throw him in there. All right. Looked right. decent behind the back of super athlete Isaiah Crowell. I want to talk a little bit about Kirk Cousins. Okay. And kind of being middle of the road up to this point. Yeah. He's Start, had some ups. Started out hot. Yeah. I think we can say he started hot. He has cooled. He, he has cooled. That that offense has cooled a little bit. But I, I'm i not sure what's going on there. Like, I, if I'm a Kirk Cousins owner or if I paid high for him, I'm, I'm a little maybe frustrated with the fluctuations. The big game, little game, big game, little game. I, I don't know. I don't know. Just Kirk's got to find some consistency. He's going to go through a stretch where he plays Cardinals, Jets, Saints, Lions over the next four weeks. Just to clarify, he is the number three quarterback right now. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah he is. I mean, it's, but it's total up down. Upset. No, 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 it's up down. It's he's, up down. He started really hot. I mean, we're talking a fifty-point game in in two. It, it's it's just that inconsistency, like. Kirk is going to win you a game, lose you a yeah, game, but, win you a game, lose you a game. But he's not pulling an Eli Manning and giving you 50 points and four. All and right. And then 50 points and then four. At least he's, his, his floor no. in the 20s isn't bad, guys. Well, where no. I was going with this, good God, would you let me finish my point, is no. is he a matchup quarterback? <laughs> Thank you. Let me get to the point. Is he more of a matchup quarterback when he's playing a, a decent defense? He seems to have a down game. Or, or is he truly your number three? Like, I know he's been top ten. See, I'm it, not going to call him a matchup quarterback no, because he torched the Rams. Yeah, he torched the Rams, you know, torched the Packers, and struggled with the Bills, struggled with the Niners, and struggled with the Eagles. I mean, his big games, are, one of them definitely against a, a top-flight defense. The other one, Packers, just, you know, they are what they are. Yeah, all right. His Next. completion percentage, touchdowns, interceptions are all good. I just think fantasy-wise, like – he is going to be hit and miss, so I totally understand Niddle's point. Which, by the way, it is just mind-blowing. to the, Every time you look at their, their box score, it's like, and there's two guys with 100 yards receiving. Wow. Every week, it seems like Thielen and, yeah, Thielen and Diggs, 100 yards apiece. It's, it's just, a nice, nice little stack. 
Moving on to running backs, Gurley. Getting sick of even saying it. Gurley was your number one running play. We we called playing Gurley this week, didn't we? <laughs> I think everyone in fantasy football called playing Gurley. There wasn't I mean, was a sit. Yes, at this point, there's it's just a joke. Like, yeah, he's good. If you have him and you don't play him, you are bad. Like, that, uh, that is the only. Th- I'd play Todd Gurley with half of his right foot cut off. He's going to be okay. He'd probably be faster with. With Probably. Right cut off. It's not bad. Get not a little bad. more spring out of that nub. Yeah. I do, I do want to say my, my, my starting running backs this week and, and Todd Gurley, James Conner. So, I, I had a good week. But I, but it's still up in the air. I still ha- I still don't have a victory. Chad, oh, Chad I have crap. I play in so many leagues. Every time one of my players score, they're scoring against me in another Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. sitting there I'm like, I yes. I that, no. too. Like, That's la- so last, uh, last night or yesterday, whenever um, – Odell Beckham threw that touchdown to Saquon. I'm like, yes, yes. And I wasn't playing Odell or Saquon in any other leagues. I had them together in one league. I'm like, oh, my God. Eli's not get, not throwing that touchdown. This is great. I love the, the more leagues you're in, the more the more on Monday night you're like, okay, I need Drew Brees to score exactly 23.2 points. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. you got to win this one, out. lose the other. I, I'm going to need uh, Alvin Kamara to throw a touchdown to Michael Thomas here and Drew Brees to throw four interceptions tonight. But, yeah. that, but that's it. That's yeah. it. It's the ultimate battle of, like, you know, Todd Gurley scores three touchdowns, and you're like, yes! And then you switch leagues, you're like, no! What is my emotion? I don't know how to what feel. Are, what are the odds I'm playing Todd Gurley this week? I don't well, know Well, about 100%. You're in that many leagues. It's about 100%. Uh, but Gurley and Connor, one and two. Isaiah Crowell, the super athlete, was number three. We said bye, bye Isaiah Crowell oh, shares all offseason. Uh, <laughs> we did not, unfortunately. We talked about him in dumpster fire references, and he's still inconsistent as all get out. But man, he does have some big games so far. Saquon Barkley is, uh, you know, red alert. I think Saquon Barkley is a pretty good running back. Seems to be, uh, you know, fantasy proof. So, he, and he's always who breaking. The quarterback one. Is. He's always breaking a big. He always he's has doing a big what play. Frank Gore doesn't, and he breaks them. So go back to Isaiah Crowell real quick. Do we have to? Yes. Okay. Because before you buy too much into this, realize his games, his big games are against the freaking Lions and the Broncos, who both allow a ton of yards per carry. Struggled with the Dolphins, struggled a little bit with the Browns. Did get zero in. yards against the Jaguars. Yeah, literally had four carries for zero yards against the Jags. They, that's an average of zero yards per carry. Now, with that being said, he Sweet is playing. Fat. He is Thanks. playing the Colts next week, so he's probably going to put up. 300 yards this week and then the vikings will probably have like negative 14 yeah right. so just, if you've got him my god sell him but you should have done that after week one this is jay ajay from from two years ago <laughs> is what isaiah crow ends right up now. with a good season yeah. but yeah. but off three games of 200 yards correct basically. if you look at, at the end of the season and see his total stat line you're like oh my god the dude averaged 14 yards a carry it was over three games. Right, right. Well, moving on, we had TJ Yeldon. He put up over 100 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. Talked which about it a little bit. Touched on him a little bit. James White doing what James White does. He's a top 10 running back, plain and simple, because of the role he has on the Patriots. I he, don't think that's going to change this year. 10, 10 receptions is as high, but I mean, I expect him to have at least, well, he's had three and four, but. 
as his role has expanded and this offense gets better, I think he stays at that five or six receptions per game and still kicking in like 40 yards. Which yeah. Is four fantasy yeah. points. I mean, Burkhead's gone. There's no Gillisley anymore. I mean, yeah, there, there's no running backs in his way. You got Sony Michelle as the bell cow and James White playing that perfect Austin Eckler like role. 13, 14, 15 points a game without a touchdown. Right. Without a touchdown. I, so, here's my thing. This week was the first week with Edelman back, too, though. And he still did it. So, I, I know. Yeah. But as Edelman gets more, you know, back into sync, I think it's going to hurt James White a little bit. Now. I get it. I don't. I don't think he's going to fall down below, you know, 10, 15 points a game. But don't expect these 25 to 30 points a game. Yeah. We just we just did trash on uh, Isaiah Crowell, and so uh, our James White did average 0.0 yards per carry. Correct. In this game, too. Correct. Right. So. That happens, but I, that, that's that's not James White's game. James White's game is, you know, being slot, Tom, Tom Brady's safety. He ain't no slot receiver. He's Basically. A, <laughs> I mean, I get it. He probably should be, but. He, he's, he lines up in the backfield and runs out for passes. Right. And yes. speaking of slot receivers, Kenyon Drake was your number seven running back in at least our league format, and that's because he can break them when he gets a chance. Absolutely. He caught a touchdown pass. He catches Absolutely. balls. Absolutely. If you give it to him behind the line of scrimmage and let him do that, there's a chance he can take it as far as the passes Don't. that he's catching. Why, in, again, why, why Adam Gase – Feels the need or, or feels obligated to play Frank Gore. Adam Gase is a turd. That's it why. Is the guy doesn't know what he's doing, and he's a he's a head football coach. I won't stay on this long, but every time Miami hires a coach, the world is filled with promise, and it's garbage. They they bring in. They bring in the craziest personalities I've ever seen. Joe Philbin was like watching Mr. Rogers on the sideline tell <laughs> players, it's okay that you fumbled. It's okay that you threw that interception. Pat on the back. It's okay that you totally missed that assignment. We'll get him next time, killer. Here's a participation ribbon. Adam Gase stands on the sidelines, arms crossed, with this snobby freaking look on his face like, I am Adam Gase. I am the savior of the Dolphins. And he... Is playing Frank Gore. I'll move on. David Johnson back into the top ten. Joe Mixon and McCaffrey rounded out with a little Alfred Blues sprinkled on top. Yeah, David Johnson jumped down to him. Not a big yardage game. Gets his two touchdowns. Ends up in the top ten. Man, to me, that's still struggling. I the two touchdowns is almost fluky at this point. It wasn't two years ago for David Johnson, but at this point, he only netted eighty yards total. Between the receiving and rushing, I mean, scary, scary offense. If you can get something for David Johnson, alert, alert, trade David Johnson right now. If you can get someone believing that he's going to put up twenty-something point games, I like I mean, the volume he's getting though, because with the two volume, receptions. No, no, no. I'm talking about the rushing volume. I, I like the rushing volume that David Johnson's getting, despite his struggles. They're not just giving up on him. I, I get it, but it's still three and a quarter yards of carry. Yeah, it's not good. I mean, it's bad. That's what I'm saying. He's struggling. He yes. is. He is struggling. I, I just, I'm just saying, like as a buy. Go ahead, arms. I like, I like the volume. But let's also realize, Bethard, as bad as Bortles was in the other game, Bethard fumbled, you know, twice in this game, lost both of them, and threw two interceptions. So, you know. He didn't really need the yardage, but I'm also not sure he was going to get it anyway. That's what's better you know, have he's, to do with Johnson. They're playing in the same game. Okay, I'm, he's giving the ball back to him, and oh, I got you. And they're okay. back on that side of the field, you know. So, 
to me, that's saying, well, the two t- touchdowns were probably because they only had 20 yards to get to the end zone. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. I agree with that 100%. Three yards a carry, though. Is it time? No, I'm not yeah, saying that no, he's, he's the not. one who got him there. I'm saying yeah. that he happened to be at the one whenever they plunged it in. Is it time to consider Wendell Smallwood as a serious possibility to lead the Eagles in rushing yards for the rest of the season? I'm not banking on anything. I, I'm totally confused by the Philadelphia Eagles uh, backfield right now. To me, they need to injuries. commit. Injuries are playing a part. I mean, Wendell Smallwood wouldn't even be out there if not for injuries. But come on. We, we knew coming into it. It was going to be a timeshare between three people, right? You, you know, it was going to be a Jai Sproles and Clement. Now you're you're but when, shrinkling but, down but, into Smallwoods. But when yeah. Sproles, and I should say rushing leader, I mean you know best running back because he's more of a pass. Their best, uh, their best option. But right. when Sproles was there, they didn't even play Clement. Sproles gets hurt. They're like, all right, just feed it to Clement. And then all of a sudden, it's like, all right, we're just going to start giving it back to Jai. Here, come here, Wendell. Come here now that Dare or that uh, Corey's hurt a little bit. We're going to give you the ball. It's like, man, I don't even know who to play. I'm just going to trade all of them <laughs> for whatever I can get. Yeah, just I mean, give me certainty. But G- give me uh, that Juzinski or whatever it is from the from the Niners. <laughs> He's getting ten points a game lately. Right. But to answer your question directly, no, Wendell Smallwood's not relevant and will not be going forward when they're healthy. When the rest of the backfield gets healthy, I actually tend to agree. Let's also talk about uh, the return of, of Mr. Mixon. He he got it done. Return of the Mac. Return, return of the Mix. Of the, Mac. the Mix. Hey, 22 and 93. 22 carries, 93 yards. It's nice to see him have his high, his high attempt, his high volume game coming off of the injury. So you know he's healthy. They're yeah. ready to feed him the ball. Joe Mixon, he, I think he goes right back into form where he, where he started the season against the Colts. What he did against the Dolphins, I think you can bank on him being. Can I? Can you bank it? I think you can bank on him being a top ten running back the rest of the year out if he's healthy. I'm going to say probably closer to five. I mean, closer to five than ten for me. He might be, you know, sixth or seventh. But I mean, Mixon's looked good the, every opportunity that he's well, not opportunity every time that he's got the line uh, share of the carries, he's looked pretty dominant. Now, of course, uh, I was worried about him being on a pitch count this week. There was a little bit of concern, but 22 carries, there's no more worries. No. I mean, it's it's his backfield. Involved yeah. in the passing game. Yeah. yeah. I if mean, he's playing, he's, he's three, getting volume. He's He has the ability to be a three-down back. Now, are they still going to work in Geo? Absolutely. A little bit. You know, on the passing downs, absolutely. But this is Joe Mixon's backfield, and, and that's it. Dare we say it, that's a good Bengals team. Mixon was the only running back that got a carry. Really? I didn't see that. Only running back that got a carry. I don't think they had a healthy back on the roster besides him. Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, Geo's out. I think Mark Walton's banged up. Uh, you, you can't bring back Corey Dillon. Uh, I mean, there's just not, <laughs> not many options there besides I, Mixon. Luckily for Mixon. There's, there's been a few Icky Woods sightings, but it's usually in 1980s team reunions on the field. So, uh, Icky... <laughs> Still a big dude. He can play fullback for him. I'll guarantee it. He's a monster. Let's talk wide receivers. Uh, we were saying on the last episode, and please, God, hopefully you listen to us as well as the rest of the fantasy community because this was a pretty universal topic uh, heading into week five. Don't sell Odell Beckham. Like, don't, don't think that he's trash because he hadn't scored a touchdown. Odell Beckham was your number one wide receiver for the week, and it's because he's Odell Beckham. 
And it's because he's the best quarterback on the Giants. <laughs> he's the best quarterback. Yeah, he's more. He's, he's definitely got more mobility. I'm sorry, he's man. That was a pretty throw. It had a little too much hang time. Yeah, but it was a pretty throw. Well, he he had pressure in his face, so he didn't yeah. he didn't get to drive the football downfield. But in his defense, it was on target. Right. I mean, he also had Sterling a... Shepard wasn't pissed off no. <laughs> over that throw as he was on all of Eli's other ones. Yeah. It was, it was super exciting to watch that. But though. that throw was to Saquon, wasn't it? It was to Saquon, yes. I'm not yeah. sure where Sterling I, came in. but the, the, Sterling the, was going off on the sideline. Like Sterling thing. was oh, yeah, watching. Yeah. Saying Sterling watched it. He's like, dang, I, thought, I don't have to go punch a bench. I thought that's what you meant, and then arms <laughs> threw me off a little bit. There. Or return a punt. Or return a kick here. Right. No. Punch a bench. Punch a bench. I'm, man, you, punch you, a bench. Man, you, you gonna make you gonna make Wayne Brady punch a bench? <laughs> I'm gonna have to punch a bench. Smack a bench. <laughs> Choke a bench. But Devontae Adams was your number two. Antonio Brown did Antonio Brown things. And then let's talk about Arms' favorite meme guy, Robbie Anderson. Robbie freaking Anderson. Robbie Anderson. Oh Felicia. Bye Felicia. <laughs> Had himself a game yesterday. All three catches. It's just he made them count. Correct. And that's what Robbie Anderson does. He's not a high-target, <laughs> high-volume reception guy. He's If he catches one, chances are it's streaking towards the end zone a la Tyree Kill light. Yeah. I wouldn't I, – no. Just don't even talk about them in the same sentence. That is Why? Tyreek hasn't done anything in a few games. That is disrespectful to Tyreek. Robbie Anderson hasn't done anything until this week. Man, he was good last year, though. I mean, I'm not saying go out and buy Robbie Anderson. For all accounts, Tyrell – Terrell Pryor caught a touchdown. But maybe play him. I mean, yeah, you, you, can probably, you don't can go get him, him, but if you have him, I know a lot of people are sitting Robbie Anderson right now. Do you do you continue to sit him until your other receivers are on bye weeks? Well, let's yes. That's the only time I'm playing is on bye week. Week and, one, and, one reception, forty one yards and touchdown. Week two, three and a half points. Week three, five points. Week yeah, four, three point eight points. And then and I by the way, he still Barker. got his two or three catches, <laughs> but this week he just happened to, you know, take them all to the end zone, it seemed like. So two out of his three catches went went for six. Yeah. Rounding out or, or moving down the, the top ten, DeAndre Hopkins is back. I mean yeah, he, no, he, he's, he's reemerged over the last few weeks, but slow start of the season, just he's a top five guy, if not yeah. moving into that top one role. Then you go Minnesota, Minnesota. Man, that Minnesota tandem. Minnesota, is, Minnesota. I'm not just tooting my own horn here, but if you do, if you are one of those guys that are not afraid to have two receivers from the same team, I get a lot of people in my league saying, like, you know, hey, would you like to trade for Brandon Cooks? I really don't want Brooke or Cook, but, 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 Cooper and Cooks in the same league. And I'm like, why? Like, I, they, they're they're both very, very good in fantasy. Why wouldn't you want to – is that saying, like, if you have Antonio Brown and Juju, you want to trade one because you don't like having mm-hmm. two from the same team? You're crazy. Oh, I, Stack them. Uh, yes. Like, stack them. Pre- preseason, it makes sense to an extent. You're just – you know, I don't – I don't. one's going to be hot, one's going to be not. But then you get into the season, it's just like, no, they're just both talented and they're going to get their – they're going to demand their volume, right. get their catches – uh, in this case, get stack touchdowns em. on the same week. I mean, it's just stack them. Stack them. Stack them and pack them. Let's play them Vikings. Yes. Demaryius Thomas had a little bit of a comeback, which was nice to see. I guess we're we're Cortland Sutton guys, so we don't like it I, as much. I'm actually an Emmanuel Sanders type of guy. Oh, God. <laughs> actually, even though I'm a Raiders fan, I, I, I like all three of their receivers. But, you know, it, it's more for fantasy purposes. 
Um, good, good on Demarius, man. I mean, he's he's been he struggled a little bit this year. I mean, it's good to see him kind of come back to form. I mean, he was kind of not quite himself last year, and you really thought he was going to start regressing uh, severely. And I mean, he looks like he's um, starting to come around. Yeah, hey, Emmanuel Agreed. Sanders is leading that wide receiving court through week five. Next two guys that rounded out the top ten are it. two guys that you need to have in your lineups every week that are going to finish as top ten guys. Dude. Galladay and Cooper God, Cup. They're so good. They are so good. They are going to be top ten receivers all year long. I actually was able to trade for Lev Bell, and what did I give up? Cooper Cup. I got Lev Bell because Cooper Cup is an asset. I'm with you because I was about to. But I was happy to accept. I was about to go at it and say, if somebody has a Galladay and a Cooper Cup, try to give them like, dare I say, Michael Thomas and something, something smaller because you're going to end up with more consistency with, you know, Galladay being your number two and Cooper Cup being your number one than most likely whoever you got is uh, that you're giving up with Thomas. Now I'm not saying give up Thomas and Odell Beckham Jr., but Guys, those those are consistently stud receivers, and they're still s- sort of by low guys. Yeah, I, that's, I, that's I mean, my point. I mean, as good as they've both been, they haven't like emerged as superstars, and they both have other things around them that you could argue like you, you know whether it's Brandon Cooks or Robert Woods, you could say, well, Cooper Cup's just on a hot streak, man. I'll give you a little bit for him. You know, you can kind of BS a guy, I guess is what I'm saying. You could do the same thing with Kenny Galladay with Golden Tate uh, up there. They're you say they're, they're not the number yeah, one. There you go. There yeah. you, go. you say, they're, man, they're not even the number one. They are, but, you know. I mean, now, I'm not, my, whenever I say give a little something else with it, I'm saying, like, Robbie Anderson is that little something else. Ah, Felicia. Something, you know, Michael, something with who? low value. Let's play it. Look, you have... Robbie, Michael Thomas, Robbie Anderson. I have Cooper Cup, Kenny Galladay. Oh, Depends God, give me Cup Galladay. Yeah, all day. Okay. okay. Give, yeah, and speaking of stacking, yeah. Robert Woods that was the uh, 12 receiver. So, I mean, again, Rams, I, I'm actually trying to acquire Brandon Cooks in one league that I have Cooper and Woods in. The number I want three a triple receiver? stack. <laughs> <laughs> I want to triple stack. Does does Wendy's have a triple stack? Yes, they, yes, they do. do. They? A triple baconator at that. I it's think. on the secret menu. Yeah. <laughs> you have to look like mere arms to get it. You, you, you roll up in there, weighing you know, have like a thirty percent body fat, and they're like, "Would you like to see our special menu?" Would you, sir? Um, they just slide slide me the black uh, leather bound menu. Yes, <laughs> I'm like has the quadruple. Yeah, you, that you open up and you have to have a special flashlight to read the menu. <laughs> It's actually – so when your cholesterol gets to a certain point, you can actually start reading the different letters that are in like a, an off-white. Uh, and I'm like, oh, yes, I'll take the, the triple stack. Here, here's my here's my uh, Wendy's platinum card. Yeah. <laughs> it has Wendy on it with platinum-colored hair. Ooh. All right, we better keep going into these receivers. But Galladay, we called some Marquez Valdez-Scantling having a good game, and he you did. did. You did. I did not. And Christian Kirk was up there. Keenan Allen also, uh, you know, was serviceable as well. He he did well in receptions and yards. Even though I missed the show, I was going to call Trent Taylor and David Moore in the top 15. Yeah, I but wanted to uh, mention You that. were going to call David Moore? Yeah, I had him queued up, played him in DFS totally. Always easy to do it after the fact. That's totally sarcastic. Yeah. But. Uh, I wish Who is David Moore and where is he from? Listen, I, I called I he called Chester like- Rogers as a breakout <laughs> this week. Uh, not really. 
I'm gonna David be Moore sounds you. like my attorney. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I genuinely, wholeheartedly do not know who David Moore is. Well, let's let's go ahead and uh, decide. He's a 23-year-old second-year wide receiver out of East Central. East Central High School East in Central like High Detroit. School. Yes. Are we buying him? No. Okay. And by the way, Mike Davis didn't do crap last this game. Nit uh, just wanted to throw that out there. You're for welcome. <laughs> Kiki Kuti in the top twenty oh, with dude, half a game. Do you love me, Kiki? Dude, I do love Kiki. Dude, he, he's involved in jet sweeps, tosses, absolutely receiving court. Right. There's another couple, a three-headed monster, Will Fuller, uh, Nook, and Nook and him. I mean, Deshaun Watson looked awesome last night. He looked awesome at times last night. Kiki went down. They kind of scuffled in the second half, but that could be a very good offense if they find a running game. By the could way, be. I'm going to correct you. Mike Davis did have 68 yards and touchdown. Like the touchdown salvages day a little bit. No, 68 yards. He, did, he didn't. He didn't get the. Well, yeah, he played okay, but he didn't get the bulk of the carries. I don't believe, right? I mean, correct. they Carsoned it up. Again. 12 versus 19. Carson broke 100. So. I didn't say. What I said on Mike Davis is he's the best running back on there. I didn't say that they were going to play him. You called him his buy. Did you I? said you're buying him all day long. You said. Oh, okay. Well, I'll still buy him. Okay. They'll they'll figure it out that Chris. It's more on Chris. Car- Chris Carson's I'll terrible. Give, I'll give him half of a double a double stack for him. We're in wide receivers though. Right. <laughs> I I would <laughs> I want to I want some of that triple stack. I'm kind of pissed. I've never had a triple stack. Well, gain some weight, bro. Come in with uh, me and Barker. Yep, we'll. Uh, they give me the bacon hater menu when I walk in. I'm bacon like, bacon hater. They're like, like sir, I need sir, some you fat. don't need bacon. Listen, sir, here's the vegetarian menu. Right. <laughs> like, but I like my meat fresh, never frozen. You have a wide selection of salads and, and yes. chili. You're obviously a runner, so won't you run out the door on down to Vegan Hut? <laughs> she uh, Subway's next door. Right. Get out of here. Get. Get. Yeah. Let's right. let's talk some tight ends as we wrap this show up. We'll mm. hit on some IDP in an episode to come here in a couple of days. What are we talking about? Tight ends. Mm. Eric Ebron is officially a tight end beast. I don't know if Jack Doyle coming back will change that. But he is a red zone target, is Eric Ebron. And Captain Andrew Luck loves to throw. Dearest mother. A man named Eric of Ebron came in. <laughs> I wanted to do some Captain Andrew Luck-like narration from his tweets. It was pretty good. It's just hard to maintain. It is hard to maintain, especially when time is of the essence. But Austin Hooper was your number three tight end this week, folks. Yeah, you can expect that every Luke. five weeks. Luke. <laughs> yes. He, he shall follow this up with two consecutive weeks of one catch for seven yards. No, Got to re- keep that average, guys. Got to keep that average. The, Let's let's not uh, yeah I'll give you the uh, well let's just get into it. Pittsburgh gives up the most points to tight ends, yeah. and they proved it again. So yeah. they made Austin Hooper relevant. If, if Austin Hooper is relevant, you are playing a, tef- a defense that loves letting the tight end run wide open. And that's exactly what the Pittsburgh Steelers do. Yes. Kelsey, Kelsey, Kelsey Ertz, Jimmy Graham up there. Yeah, Jimmy Graham's gonna have his games. It I was mean, game flow. It was. What was it, 60 pass attempts? Yeah. Basically, for yeah. Aaron Rodgers? Now, here's another call I'd like to make on the show. Is it the end of Rob Gronkowski as the as a top three tight end? No. As a top three, maybe. 
but that's just an emergence thing, not necessarily a, a bad on Gronk. I don't know about emergence. Tight end landscape still sucks. I mean, I, I was just sorting through it and happened to notice that Austin Hooper, with 202 yards, I believe, is a top 10 tight end. Yeah, well, uh, like you know. ninth, two hundred and ten or two hundred and two yards. All right, Paul, Paul, Paul Niles was your number seven overall for Jacksonville, so I mean, it happens. I heard swoop. <laughs> like, Swooping. I mean, are you stacking Indianapolis tight ends? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> right go e- Ebron swoop, swoop and Jack flex? Doyle. No. You can swoop the flex. <laughs> no, at, at Wendy's there is no Indy part of the menu. There's just there's no stacking. And Indy. All right, all right. I just George Kittle's going to be end up at top five tight end. Ends up number nine this week, but that's a that's a bad game for him. That is a bad game. A double digit game is a bad game for George Kittle. I, you know what? The worst decision I made all week was trading with arms to acquire Kittle and then starting him over Ebron. Worst decision I've made in a long time. Well, I had I, I have Travis. Well, Kelsey. fantasy football. I've seen you make worse decisions. Yes. Just not fantasy football. This season, just not this week. <laughs> this season, just not this week. Oh, uh, yeah. Now I will trade you back, and I will gladly let George Kittle sit on my bench. I'm until, still taking antibiotics until uh, <laughs> <laughs> until Travis Kelsey has a concussion or something, and and I'll, I'll have me some Kittle down the middle starting. Right. Yeah. Nothing wrong with starting him. I just man, I wish I had played Ebron. I don't think it would have mattered because I, I got killed this week, even though I'm the second highest scoring team in the league this week. But uh, frustrating. Hey, I, now, now my decision for next week is tough. Do I roll with Kittle or Ebron? Do I try to make it matchup dependent? I, I just I don't know what to do. They're both top five tight ends. I know. I, I think you trade, trade one. one of them. I've been trying to trade Ebron, but nobody's a believer. Yeah, nobody's a believer in Kittle except for me and you. Apparently, it's like he's look at his stats. He's better than almost everybody. Like, come on, just give it. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Speaking speaking of the one bust because the landscape sucks so bad, Jared Cook killed you. He killed you this week. Once again, this is killed the Jared you. Cook thing. He, up, down, up, down. He's like a like a song or something. Up, yeah. down, up, down. Who's that? Florida Georgia Line or something? That's uh, your favorite band, isn't it? Who They're cares? A band? They play music? Uh, yeah. uh, and Come on, talk Pittsburgh's about Pittsburgh's tight ends killed you too. Please talk about David Njoku, somebody. Um, He is serviceable. David Njoku is serviceable. He 12.9 points in our league since Baker has stepped into the fold, and Joku is much He's got more bricks for hands, playable. though. He's oh, got he, bricks for hands. He absolutely does, but he's also getting – he got 11 targets yesterday. That's where has, I'm going with this. I mean, it's when you got that many targets, you can drop five of them and still be decent. <laughs> I did that – that was the one other game I caught a, a, a decent chunk of. I did catch a little bit of the second half, and he – he had uh, – uh, he just dropped – he just dropped him. I mean, he's just not a good tight end. I don't think 11 targets is going to be the norm for him. He's more of a seven-target drop half, maybe three or four reception guy. Right. Ugh. I couldn't agree more. And to wrap it up, let's uh, take you through some IDP. Uh, Nit Arms, you are excused. Go take your children to school and have a wonderful day. Oh, thanks, guy. Oh, I appreciate that. Yep. No problem, dude. Just go ahead. So, anyways, IDP-wise, uh, guys that got it done for you this week, J.J. Uh, Watt still asserting his dominance. Not the biggest week uh, in week five, but he did still have a sack, which was great to see out of J.J. Watt. I think it's safe to say that he is officially back. You can roll him out. Joseph Limbaugh had a fluky touchdown last night, but Melvin Ingram, Melvin Ingram finally did what Melvin Ingram is supposed to do without Joey Bosa, 
Put up 16 points in our league format, which included a sack, but also had some tackles, which was nice to see out of Melvin Ingram. Chandler Jones, right there with Chris Jones as the three and four defensive ends this week. Chris Jones is a guy that has a lot of upside and that I thought has had a lot of upside for a long time. It's just sack upside. The guy doesn't really give you any tackles, uh, but he did have a sack and a pass defense. So he was good for your number four defensive end this week. Sam Hubbard. Sam Hubbard got into the end zone. Sam Hubbard has actually been pretty decent for the Bengals. More more real life than fantasy. But he was a good play this week as well. Switching on over to linebackers that helped you out this week. Josh Bynes was your top linebacker along with uh, TJ Watt and LJ Ford. Battles of the initials uh, for Pittsburgh. Hassan Reddick. Also had a great game, his first great game as a Arizona linebacker this week, this uh, year. And Leighton Vander Esch, rookie for Dallas. Sean Lee out, Vander Esch capitalized, scoring 18 points in our league format. Rounding out the top 10, Jamie Collins, Jalen Smith, Jayon Brown, Jerome Baker. Arms called it last week, said he was going to keep it up. Jerome Baker did keep it up. Top 10 finish this week. And Telvin Smith, kind of a guy that's been dipping. High peaks, low peaks, and valleys. Telvin Smith hasn't been exactly what he normally is, which is usually a pillar of consistency. Still good for a top 10 week. And then you had Cleveland linebackers, Schobert and Kirksey. And our boy Matt Milano, still a starter for you. I believe in Matt Milano. He's a buy to me because he's not a big name. You can get him cheap. Matt Milano is definitely a guy that I'm buying. He's my linebacker buy of the week. Uh, Matt Milano, if you can get him, go out and get him. Anthony Hitchens, Blake Martinez, we're in the top 20 as well as Nick Vigil. Nick Vigil's another guy I'm buying, if at all possible. He has done nothing but put up numbers in IDP leagues this season, so he's a great one to go out and grab. Uh, as far as disappointment, C.J. Mosley has not looked right since coming back from injury. Has yet to have a big game, uh, so he's he's not a sell. He's a hold, but you may want to wait to start him until that first big game happens, and then they'll probably trickle in from there. Uh, Kiko Alonso, a little bit of a down week. Still double digits in our league format, but he did kind of hurt you this week if you were counting on those big Kiko Alonso numbers. Uh, looks like Jerome Baker is kind of evening that linebacker core out a little bit. Uh, defensive back, we set it all off season. Buda Baker was a huge buy this week. He was going to be a tackle machine. He proved that this week. He was the number one defensive back overall. Huge week for Buda Baker. If you listened and bought him, congratulations. Uh, Devin McCourty also, pillar of consistency, was your number two. Marcus May had a huge game. I, we talked about him as well. Jamal Adams, great defensive back, but don't overlook Marcus May. He could put up numbers for you any given week. Since he's came back from injury, he's been nothing but great. Uh, Glover Quinn, Antoine Bethea, Mike Adams. Mike Adams had two interceptions in the game yesterday. Uh, that's kind of fluky. I w wouldn't go out rushing to buy him. Patrick Chung, another New England Patriot uh, defensive back, had a good game. Wouldn't go rushing out to buy him either. Now, here's an interesting one. We talk about Buda Baker for Arizona. Trey Boston for Arizona has been really good IDP-wise in fantasy this season. He Right now, I do believe he's a top 10 overall um, DB, and he did the same thing yesterday, finishing as the number 9. Another guy that's a surprise, Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward's the real deal. Denzel Ward has played lights out for Cleveland, and yesterday he got an interception and three pass defenses. Denzel Ward is a very good player. Don't know if I'd feel comfortable starting him week in and week out, but he is really, really good. So Denzel Ward 
congrats to Cleveland for hitting on their draft picks. Another win yesterday for them. That's two wins in the books for Cleveland. We thought it'd be two ties. It didn't happen, luckily. Cleveland rocks, baby. Cleveland rocks. Uh, guys that hurt you uh, in IDP on the defensive back side of the ball. Uh, we didn't see a Landon Collins sighting. Uh, we didn't see Jesse Bates put up very good numbers, and he's been a guy we've been pretty high on. Uh, Justin Reed and Malik Hooker, guys we've talked about, they put up double digits for you, which was nice to see out of those guys. Um, but there's a lot, like we always say in, in defensive backland, there's a lot of names you don't normally see rounding out the top 20 to 30. Uh, so it's it's a very hard position to call. Uh, the Honey Badger finished outside the top 30. Landon Collins, uh, Patrick Peterson, Terrell Edmonds for Pittsburgh. These guys all finished outside of the top 30. Jamal Adams, Kevin Byard, they kind of hurt you. So, again, I, I don't go out rushing to buy defensive backs unless they are very consistent. Buda Baker, I'm buying Buda Baker all year long. He, he could finish. He could very well finish as your top overall defensive back this season. I believe the words when I speak it because he's number one right now. Trey Boston, actually number two, which is crazy. Arizona's getting passed on left and right, so play your Arizona guys if you can. Uh, Bradley McDougald also had a good week. He's your number three overall season long, just looking at the total picture, as well as Jamal Adams and Derwin James. Derwin James, not a big week five, but pretty good pretty good stuff out of Derwin James this season. But, folks, that is going to wrap it up for our week five wrap-up. Uh, we will probably touch on some more because the week was just full of stuff and we were on limited time. So we'll probably touch on some more in an episode in a day or two. Talk about a few more things that happened in week five. But that's going to do it for today. Hopefully you guys enjoy the episode coming out, hitting your airwaves close to 9 a.m. Thanks again. Bark is out. Arms and knit are already out. They left me. Had to run the kids to school. That's life. That's how life treats you. Everybody have a good day. This concludes another episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show. Thanks for listening, and be sure to give us a review.